Hello, everybody. This is Kitri, and welcome back to another episode of the In God She Trust podcast, Matthew Study. I am going to do something today that I have attempted to do in the past but kind of failed at. I'm going to try to get through an entire chapter today, and <laughs> we're going to try to keep it um, under 45 minutes. So we'll just kind of see how we do with that. I might fail, but if you have been with us, we are in the book of Matthew and we are currently in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus's biggest sermon. So I'm just going to stop talking and we're just going to get right into studying the word of God today. Matthew chapter six says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the, in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward, but you, when you pray, go into a room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but Deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly." Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, and your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness." If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat 
or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Whew, all right. I I just really am loving the book of Matthew. I really, really do. Um, so let's just kind of go back to like the first, I would say three, um, three sections or four sections where it talks about, um, you know, giving to the needy, praying, um, fasting and teaching about money. Cause I feel like they all kind of tie it together. The money thing could maybe be on its own, but pretty much what's saying about, you know, the needy and about prayer and about fasting is God is saying, don't boast in what you're doing. You know, it was very, very common back in um, Jesus's day in the New Testament times that the the religious leaders or just people in general would like stand on street corners and um, they would either pray these like humongous prayers or they would um, they would fast out in the open and it was honestly just a way for them to be like, look at me. I am so righteous. I'm so religious. I must love God if I am putting myself in this position. And Jesus is once again going against the grain here. And he's like, that's not what you're supposed to do, especially when it comes to the needy and giving to the poor or doing really good deeds a lot of times it's really easy when we do something good, we want to tell people, oh, look what I did. Like, aren't I so nice? And, you know, I'm not saying that every time we want to tell somebody about what we did, we're trying to brag or we're trying to boast because um, I know of people who are just really good, kind-hearted people that they're just like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, this lady just ran out of money or whatever, so I just paid for her coffee. I'm like, that's amazing. But um, I I have known personally of times where I have done something nice for somebody and I wanted to tell people about it just to kind of like toot my own horn, you know, and there was one time I did something nice for somebody and I'm not going to get into details about it um, because it was something that the Lord was like, no, you're not going to tell anybody you did that. But I, I did something nice for somebody and honestly, the very first thing I went to do is I went to post about it on Facebook and I remember the Lord stopping me and he's like, no, absolutely not. 
when you do stuff for people, it is not because you want to get bragging rights about it. It is because it is in your heart and it is in a kind nature in you. And that is the only reason that you need to be giving to people. And that stopped me right then and there. And it's so true that so many times, you know, maybe you've done it a couple of times or you know somebody who's done that where we need to just do stuff for people because of the love that we have in our hearts for Christ that we give to others. Because remember what Matthew talked about, we are supposed to be the light of the world and we are supposed to be the salt of the earth. So when we give to people or we help the needy or we do something charitable, it says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Or sorry, don't let your left, yeah, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And it just pretty much means, you know, do it out of compassion and good motives and not for appearances only. And that was um, in the this second verse when he kind of says, don't be like hypocrites. The word hypocrite in that context was meaning um, people who only acted for good appearances. So when we give, we're supposed to give out of the abundance of our hearts and not to toot our own horn. And same thing about prayer. Once again, they would go out on these streets and like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they would just like say these huge, like humongous, elaborate prayers. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, look how holy they are. Look how righteous. And it was them to be like, look how smart I am. Look how much I must love God. But their heart wasn't in it. It was all lip service. And God is saying, I don't want lip service. I want heart service. He doesn't want lip service. He wants heart service service because God looks at the heart says when we pray we're supposed to go in our room shut our door and pray to our father who is in the secret place and whatever we do in secret he will reward us openly I mean he says yeah those people who who pray like that on the street corners like they that's their reward is the the appreciation from people but I would much rather get a reward from God, the almighty, the one who created the heaven and earth than validation from people. And that's not me trying to be rude or trying to be nasty in any way. But every time I've looked for validation from people, I'm always disappointed. But every time I look from validation into my father in heaven, I'm never disappointed. He never disappoints me. And he's saying, what you do in secret you will be rewarded for. So, and when we pray, we're not supposed to use vain repetitions as heathens do. And it's like, kind of like repeating the same words over and over, kind of like magic, you know, like, like a magic spell, like Harry Potter, you know, um, it's, it's not wrong to come to God many, many times with, with the same prayer or the same request. Um, but Jesus encourages you know, he, he, he encourages persistent prayer, but he condemns like that shallow repetition of words that aren't offered with our heart. He wants our heart. And I think I've been like a broken record with that saying like, all God wants is our heart, but that's true. That's all he wants is our heart. So if our heart isn't in it, and if we're not doing it with a sincere heart, what are, why are we doing it? Because I mean, God sees through the crap. He sees through everything. He knows our intent. We can't hide anything from him. And if we think we can hide our motives or hide our thoughts or hide anything from him, we are sorely mistaken. And that includes prayer. And I love where that it goes into, you know, your father knows the things you need before you ask him. And there was like, I remember um, asking a pastor this question a long time ago. Well, well, then why do I even need to ask? 
Like if he already knows what I'm going to say, why do I need to ask? And it's because he wants that relationship with us. And, you know, we don't need to use big words in order to pray correctly. And I used to think that I had to have like these amazing, elaborate prayers when I was, when I was younger, but now like sometimes, honestly, I'll just be real with you. Um, sometimes like some of my prayers be like, Lord, today really sucked, you know? And it's just like, I talked to him how I would talk to my mom or talk to my dad or talk to my friend because he is my parent. He is my friend. And then he goes into, you know, verse nine, he says in this manner therefore pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen um i'm sure every single person listening just probably said that prayer out loud with me or you know it in your head and like maybe you're not even a Christian but you know the prayer and I remember just saying that prayer a lot of times like we would we would say it in church and sometimes we would say it in my family when we were praying and I never really understood what it meant and then it became clear to me when somebody like literally broke it down so I'm going to break it down for you and maybe you'll be able to kind of grasp this concept so Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name or hallowed be your name. That is acknowledging that God is king. He is king. Our Father, you are in heaven. Holy is your name. You are king. You are holy. You are the creator of the universe. It is acknowledging his power and that he is above us and we are below him. Your kingdom come your will be done. This, this is acknowledging his will. It does not say our kingdom come, our will be done, or my kingdom come, my will be done. Because how many times have we wanted something and then two years later you're like, oh yeah, I remember when I went through that phase. Or, you know, he knows what is best for us and what is best for the world. And sometimes we can't see his plans. And sometimes we can't see why things are happening. But we are acknowledging that his will is above our own. And it is his will to be done. And that we will acknowledge that. On earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, it's whatever whatever's happening up there. We want it here on earth. Your will be done everywhere. Then it goes on to say, give us this day our daily bread. This is saying, Lord, give me my basic needs. Feed me, clothe me, shelter me. You know, give us this day our daily bread. These are just basic needs. Sustain me, right? And then it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is asking us, sustain us as your people. Forgive us feed our souls sustain us as your people and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one now remember god does not tempt us the 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 evil one does so it's saying don't even let me go near the evil one deliver me from him and then it says for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever we exist to honor the true king. And it it's it's bookended the same way. 
for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever is the ending. And then in the very beginning, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's, it's saying you are king, you are Lord. And then at the very end, once again, you are, you are king, you have the power, you have the glory. It is, it is constantly acknowledging his holiness. And he is inviting us into a relationship with him where we can just be, we can come to him with our truths and prayer does not have to be some elaborate thing. He just wants us to come to him. And then verse 14, I love this. It says, for if you forgive men and their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men and their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. That is a hard thing. Jesus gives a very startling warning about forgiveness. If we forgive, refuse to forgive others. God will also refuse to forgive us. Well, why? I mean, God is supposed to be all forgiving, right? But no. And it's not saying that like he will never forgive, but it's like God's forgiveness of sin is not the direct result of our forgiving others, but it's us realizing the forgiveness that we got from the Lord. We need to give to others in return. It's us understanding what forgiveness means and it's really easy to ask God for forgiveness but it's really really hard to grant somebody else forgiveness especially if they've really hurt us or they've offended us or something but every time we ask God Lord please forgive me for this we also need to look into our lives and be like okay is there somebody that I am holding a grudge against is there somebody that I need to forgive because I understand what forgiveness means and if anyone was allowed to not forgive anyone it's it's the lord it's jesus but he still chose to anyways and so we are to follow his example and then once again going into kind of or kind of um, going back to do everything in private in secret don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and do everything in a secret place he's talking about fasting as well you know he's not saying um, to do all of these humongous religious acts in front of everyone to get accountability or sorry, uh, validation from others. The glory of God is the bottom line and our motives matter. We shouldn't do godly things just to get people to see. We do things for our King and we should not cheapen the Christian life by seeking validation from people and to get other people to see what we're doing. We are to do things for God and the kingdom in secret. And then we are rewarded for that later on. And then Jesus goes to teach about money. And there is a verse also that says, you know, the, the root, of evil is the love of money. Not money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And um, money is where people get really weird. Like I have seen some of the most amazing, kind-hearted people just turn so inside out because of money. And I have seen money destroy relationships and marriages and friendships and lives and you know it's it's one of those things that it it just grabs a hold on us and it says don't lay up treasures on earth because moth and rust destroy it money is fleeting 
money and and it's not just money it's not just like the paper money it's it's our cars or our houses or our vacations or you know who knows bitcoin or all of our other you know financial institutions that we put so much faith in they're going to crumble at some point whether it's tomorrow whether it's in the next recession or when it's when the lord himself comes through the clouds and everything is wiped away money is not going to be able to stay sustainable and stay forever. Um, my mom always says, um, you never see a, you, uh, a hearse pulling a U-Haul. And it's like, you can't take it with you when you die. When you die and you go to heaven, God's not going to be like, Hey, how much money did you make? He's going to ask, what did you do to further the kingdom? And you know, what, what we put our, our, mind and our heart into or you know where our treasure is there our heart will be also it says in verse 21 whatever we put treasure in that is what our heart and our focus is on and it could be anything I mean where our treasure is our treasure is anything that is above the Lord we need to make sure that our treasure is in the Lord is in his kingdom and make sure our heart is in it also and not to, to, to look to money or possessions or power or Instagram followers or, or likes or anything that we need to be putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ because the kingdom of God and Jesus is the only thing that is going to last forever. It says the lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Spiritual vision is is our understanding to see clearly what God wants us to do and to see to see things from from his his view. And so we can be so easily um easily uh oh, what am I trying to say? <sighs> clouded um by by money or by power and just being selfish and wanting more for us and serving God is honestly the only the, is the best way to restore it. A good eye is one that is fixed on Jesus on the cross. We, Jesus says we can only serve one master. We can only serve, we could either serve him or we can serve the world and the world and Jesus do not mix. They don't mix at all. And we are called to be effective for the kingdom of God and to be transformed by his values and not the values of the world. And I have served the world. I have been a slave to the world where I have chosen money or status or a relationship or anything else above God. And every time I have done that, it has burned me and it has left me broken. But every time I have gone back to God and hopefully this time I get it right, you know, that I serve Jesus. I know in my heart I'm doing the right thing and I have peace. And that is something that the Lord has been showing me that to know the difference between the world's voice, my voice, the devil's voice, or his voice. And if it ends in, in fear and worry and doubt, it's not from God. But if it, if it has peace and love and joy and goodness to it, 
that it's from the Lord. So we need to really make sure that we are serving the right master. And then um, Jesus goes in to talk about worry. Verse 25 all the way through verse 34. And it's really interesting that I'm talking to you guys about this because I am the most anxious person sometimes. And even today, I just woke up, y'all, with just a spirit of fear and worry and anxiety. And um, it's something that I, I struggle with. I, I, I mean, I, I'll just be completely real with y'all. Like I have just recently gotten off anxiety medication. And even when I was a child, my parents said I worried constantly about stuff and it still does that and you know the the verse that that it it ends in verse 30 it says oh you of little faith God is constantly telling me if you are constantly worried about these things then you don't have faith in me and he says I mean I, 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 I clothe the lilies of the field Look how they grow. They don't toil. They, they, they don't, you know, I, I clothe them. And I, look at the, God, God even clothes the grass of the field. And he, he feeds the birds of the air. And he, he houses them. And he clothes them. And he looks after them. He's like, if I do that for, for grass and lilies and for birds, He's like, how much more will I do that for you? Because we are his chosen people. We are his children. And honestly, like I'm not preaching to anyone right now. I am preaching to myself because sometimes I have got to take myself out of my own mind and just speak logic into myself. And my biggest worry is finances. It's, you know, Lord, you know, please make sure I can pay my bills. You know, what if, you know, COVID like really kind of took me for a turn because like, you know, everyone's jobs were, were being lost and people were on hold and that just scared me. And luckily I had saved money, but I was like, Lord, what if something like that happens again? Like I need to be able to pay my bills. And that's just something that I, I, I worry about a lot and it's, I'm getting better at it, but some days I still just fail to acknowledge God loves me so much and I, I am of bigger value to him of, than the grass or the birds that he's going to take care of me. And that's something I have to constantly seek him after. And, you know, he's, he's going to take care of us. Some months might be really hard. Sometimes we might go through financial struggles. But at the end of the day... God is going to look after us. And then it ends with um, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Planning for tomorrow is time well spent, but worrying about tomorrow is time well wasted. 
Planning for tomorrow is time well spent, but worrying about tomorrow is time well wasted. Sometimes it's really hard to tell the difference between the two. Um, I'm a planner. I always have been. I'm type A. I like to always have my bases covered. Um, and so, you know, planning is good. So in case, you know, something happens, you have a plan. But, you know, sometimes if we have a plan or we've seek, uh, sought God's word and God gives us a word and then we continue to worry about it, you know, it's it's just that our faith needs to continue to grow. He, God is wanting us to be liberated from worry. And that doesn't mean that we just get to, you know, be stupid and like not work and not do anything. And you're like, Oh God, God will just take care of me. You know, we we do have to be active in that, but he, he doesn't want us to be constantly burdened with worry. And if, if we believe this, we, we have to let go of our burdens and that worry. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is the most important commandment, in my opinion. God's glory is coming soon to earth. He is going to burst through those clouds one day. And all of his glory is going to be shown everywhere. I mean, his glory is shown a lot of times, but it's just going to be 24-7 visible to us. And, and we have a job to do. We are always to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because that's always the point. I mean, that is what time ticked down to until Jesus's birth. And that is what time is ticking towards is his, for his coming. It's the kingdom of God and the righteousness of the Lord. We need to examine our motives and our conduct in, in, in judging others and making sure that our heart is in the right place and that, you know, traits that bother us and others are often habits that we dislike in ourselves and, you know, bad habits that just keep running amok will become behavior patterns and those behavior patterns will then become our character and those are ones that are really really hard to change so we need to make sure that our motives are correct and that we're we're seeking God and not money and that we're 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 having faith in him and we're doing things that will show people the kingdom of God and that is what it's all about and sorry, I, I, I just really feel the Holy Spirit present right now. Sorry, I'm getting kind of emotional. Um, when I feel the Holy Spirit, a couple things happen, actually. Um, either I, I get really, really quiet and really emotional. Um, but there have been a couple times where I felt the Holy Spirit that my entire body just shakes. And it's just because I think my flesh doesn't know how to handle it. But, um, yeah, I just, I feel the presence of God right now. And sometimes it's just for me to stay quiet and to not say anything. But, um, sorry, I had to pause for a little bit. Uh, the Lord just said, I love you. So stop worrying about what's going on in the world right now because I've got this. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, so we're going to, we're going to end there.
uh, because I feel like the Holy Spirit is stopping it. But y'all, I got through an entire chapter. It is possible. I mean, woo woo. It is possible that I can get through an entire chapter. And we're at 31 minutes, y'all. I still had like 15 minutes to ramble on, but I'm not going to do that. Thank you so much for joining me today um, with this Matthew study. Um, Share this podcast with your friends. Tell people about it. Leave us a five-star rating. Let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook, the In God She Trusts page. You can find us on Instagram at at um, at in.god.she.trusts and you can also send us a gmail at igstrusts at gmail.com I love you all so much and I'll see you later